Welcome back to A Fresh Story, the podcast where we have conversations about brave decisions to start over again. I'm Olivia. And I'm Jenny. And we're so glad you're here today. Hello, 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 sis. How is uh, the day treating you over there? The day is treating me just fine. I slept well last night. Um, I haven't had any like caffeinated beverages today though, so I may have to figure that one no, out. No, I haven't either. I did. I've been having a pineapple juice most mornings, and that's kind of like my I love your pineapple juice. Treat. I find pineapple juice a little rich. I love pineapple juice. I love I've apple cider. You do love apple cider. I love yeah. pineapple juice. Um, so I'm very excited about today's guests. Yes. Guest, um, Jordan Reed is somebody that. We have known. We just love her. I've made a face. She's like part of our world. Um, (laughs) We've, I mean, known, quote unquote. Here's another one. I've never actually met her in person, and she's one of my best friends. But um, I, we've, so Jordan Reed was like the original influencer. Literally, Time Magazine called her the original influencer. She um, has had a blog, Ramshackle Glam, a lifestyle platform, I will say, for many years. She's a television host. She's a published author of many, many books. She is a mom. She is a great friend. She was the only friend I went to during my divorce um, because she was divorced and the only friend I had that was divorced. Uh, And she actually dedicated her divorce activity book to me, which is one of my life's, my, my, amazing things in my life. But um, Jordan is definitely the queen of fresh starts. She's been through a lot of different things. And we were so excited to have her on the show and talk about where she is now in her life. And this was a really interesting conversation about the other side of the influencer world and like what happens after you don't want to influence anymore. Yeah. You know, there was an article that just came out recently about um, not like the by Nora McInerney about the transformation that we've all had with Instagram, those of us who started early with Instagram. And I actually think that Jordan was around before Instagram. That is true. Um, Instagram came out in about 2013, I believe. Um, And Jordan was an OG blogger on Tumblr. Um, She, that was her original platform. And the way that we transformed with sharing our lives has progressed and changed and developed so much. And I feel like she really had to grapple with that. And it was a really interesting conversation because she's gone from sharing everything about her, everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, these great videos that she would make and stuff like that to not wanting to have that sort of transparency on the internet anymore. And yeah. what do you do after that? <laughs> Literally, yeah. what do you do after that? I think Instagram came out in 2011. That's what I think my, I think it is around then, 2011, because I remember – having it at certain points in my life. I think it was around then. I actually it was, was not twenty eleven, but still we we yeah. we've been following Jordan. Oh for years. I know twenty at years. Least since, at least since two thousand nine. Yeah. Well Jordan, yeah. right, she was one of the early Tumblr people and bloggers and yeah. you know, she shared everything, right, on on the internet. And so yeah, this is a really interesting conversation about what that what that does to your mental health. And she is very open, has always been a huge mental health advocate. So mm-hmm. Enjoy this conversation with Jordan Reed, and please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to a fresh story so that we can keep telling fresh start stories. Jordan Reed is the author of several books, including the best-selling Big Activity book series. She's also the creator of the lifestyle website Ramshackle Glam and works as a TV host, screenwriter, and marketing consultant. 
She lives in Malibu with her children and her assorted neurotic pets. Um, and I'm very excited and a little bit emotional to have Jordan here today. Jordan and, and we all met like um, in the OG blogger days almost 20 years ago, I guess, like, which is wild. Yeah. Right. Because it was 15, like teen, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 15. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. And we became like buddies online. And then over the years, our relationship just like blossomed and Jordan's one of those people that I would not be in where I am in my career without Jordan, because for so many reasons, um, she Jordan actually Time Magazine called you the first influencer, right? You are actually the OG influencer. I, I, well, according to that one article, yes. Yes, yeah, according, but I, I was <laughs> you quoted in that one. article. You only so, need one. <laughs> you only need one. And then over the years, you really were kind of at the forefront of like the influencer world and sponsorships and all of that stuff. And then um, I guess it was about like, I don't even know, six, seven years ago, you call, you know, you called me because you needed some help. And so I started as your assistant doing your social media. And then when you left your influencer agency, I literally remember the phone call. You called me and you were crying and you said, it's me and you, kid. We're going to do this together. <laughs> and I was like, OK. We're going to do this. And um, I learned everything I knew from from working with you. And then we ended up managing 20 influencers over the years because I you took a chance on me. And then, you know, we've written stuff together. We've done so much. And and beyond all that, you were the first friend of mine who got divorced. And I remember calling. Well, I remember you calling me when you were getting divorced. And I was like, what? This is crazy. I can't believe this. And and I walked you through that, among other things. And then the same thing happened not a couple of years later when I got divorced. So mm -hmm. funny thing is, Jordan and I have never met in real life. <laughs> but I, I love her dearly. And we're so excited that you're here today. You guys, I am I am like I am welling up. This is very emotional for me, too, because we yes we have such a long history together and you of all of the women and this is a very i work mostly with women throughout yeah. my career but you like walk the walk in terms of supporting and like lifting up other women and saying like there's room for us all like let's do it together and i and you've been consistent about that throughout your career and it's just been so inspiring to watch wow thank you well, I learned from you. I really did. I mean, you you kind of, you know, were really the first person in this space of this like digital atmosphere we're living in. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think you are an incredibly kind person who also does the same thing and really set the tone you know, for yeah. all of that behavior. So kudos to you, because I, I truly I, I know everything that I do because I've gotten the chance to watch you and, you know, kind of like model what you've done. And then you, like I said, gave you have given so many people a chance to like, you know, showcase themselves in your orbit. And um, it's just, you know, it's been such a blessing in my life to have you in my life, truly. Thank you. You know, I think that the the influencer space, it's so, so I, so as you know, Olivia, and I'm just mm -hmm. giving backstory here since mm -hmm. it's not actually just a conversation between us. Um, I, I started uh, blogging way before I, the term influencer was even a word. And you know, was there for the rise of like when brands started paying money and God, and they were paying so much money yeah. and there was, you know, then there was Instagram and it was like, now you have to learn how to be a model. Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay. And, and mm -hmm. like 
watching how things change, but there's so much room in there for, um, for bad actors, I guess. Mm. And, um, and there is, there was a lot of, if you recall, like the negativity and the trolling mm-hmm. and all that stuff, especially, which I think, you know, now we all have proper context for like my kids, yeah. you know, the things that I was horrified to imagine they might read about me online one day. Cause I had a whole troll community yeah. that yeah. like really viciously go after me every day, go after my kids, go after my husband. And I would, I mean, I literally couldn't sleep thinking about what my kids would think when they saw that one day. And my, my kids are like, oh, what, someone was like mean to you online? And <laughs> like, they, like they just, they just get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like gee, I, I bet that person's probably not very happy with themselves. <laughs> yeah. And it took me, you know, six years to understand that. Um, yeah. But it's, but yeah, it's like finding those pockets of positivity and finding those pockets of people that you, that want to lift you up and that you want to lift up um, has been everything, everything to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that we found you through, you were life casting was what they called it at the time, oh my right? God, we called it was life, that what it was? life. I casting. think so. It came to me while I was listening to you speak. And there was a, a sort of a conglomerate of a couple of bloggers that, you know, on Tumblr that you were associated with. And Olivia and I, who are chronically online people um, and have always had like Zangas and live journals and MySpaces and stuff like that. It was really like this, like, oh my God, like it was a fascinating thing for us to watch. And it was kind of the wild west at that time where Olivia was like, I made you guys shirts. Like we were just kind of like, you're, you have an email address up. We're going to email you. And that was how, you know, we just sort of took this chance and, you know, people were nice and some people weren't nice and some people were, you know, accepted it and some people wanted to get to know us better. And it's always so interesting to me. Cause like I have, I ran into you on the street that one time in the city. And so like, but it was like, I know this person, I know this person in my mind so well, yeah. you know? And, and so the fact that Olivia was like, I'm working with Jordan now, I was like, you're doing what? Like, she's a real person that you can like work with. It was fascinating to us. And it sort of made the world feel smaller in a really um, like community driven way that I liked. Yeah. The culture of celeb, like the whole concept of like influencer celebrity is something I find really fascinating because, yeah. because the, the rise of these like blogger influencer people really yeah. changed the landscape of like how, how normal people, you know, yeah, so yeah. Access, access people that they, you know, follow their work for whatever reason. And it changed it so dramatically. Like, it's amazing to me that like Jennifer Aniston, like has to be on Instagram sharing about her personal life. Like I think about really? that all the time. If like, I had that level of fame, you would never hear from me again. Never hear from, I mean, never. I'm, I'm out girls. Like, yeah. I don't want to take a photo. Of, I don't want us to see my face ever mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. I take mm-hmm. no photos. No, and I want to talk about that in a little while, because I know yeah. for yeah. many years, like a lot of your self-worth was really wrapped up in a lot of that surface level yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well, this is perfect. Let's start here. Why don't you take us back to the beginning of your Fresh Start story? So exciting. Sure thing. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I think someone wrote, um, an article. I think someone called me, um, very kindly, like mother of reinvention and like the title of an article. And that I found that so touching that that state that really stayed with me as like a thing I can identify with mm. because I have fallen catastrophically 
like many times in my life. I was in my twenties. I was like, you know, not mentally well and was, Mm. you know, abusing my body in like various different ways. And I'm sure you can imagine. And, um, and I feel like it has felt like a, almost like a chaotic, a chaotic constant reinvention, like Mm. born out of like a sort of a desperation, like a survival Mm. instinct, like, like a panic, like a constant panic. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when you're living very publicly and like you're crafting your life as a story and that's, that was my job for 10 years was to literally be like, here's the experience I had. Let me wrap it up in a tidy box and present it for public consumption. Um, it's exciting and it it is not sustainable. Like the, the, the level of self-exposure I found, and I still find fulfilling, and I, but I knew that I knew there would come a day when I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot yeah. share. It did. It happened. Like uh, I would say right at the beginning of COVID yeah. because I, uh, you know, I was trying to write about how hard it was to be homeschooling and how hard and scary COVID blah, blah. And I was like, who cares? Like, I don't, I like, I have nothing to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be like 10, 10 cool ways to <laughs> right. Set up your homeschool. Like I, I was just like I, I, I just was so over my own bullshit. I guess, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And which you know then begs like, what do you, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. When you haven't really built, you know, um, a, a business that is quantifiable, exactly. Right. If I, what am I going to do? Sell ramshackle glam? Like I. I don't, I don't know. And so I started writing these books in 20, um, the big activity book series in 2015, uh, I think 16 mm-hmm. with Aaron Williams. And we have now, um, I think there's nine books, wow. eight, nine books. Um, so there's the big activity books for pregnant people. We mm-hmm. have for anxious people, digital detox mm-hmm. teacher people. And we have, um, a, like a spinoff of journals. So we have the big journal for pregnant people coming out, like in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, and they're like companion journals. And the divorce oh, book. And the, oh, and the divorce, how could I forget the divorce? Yes, my the, book, yes. Your <laughs> book, it's dedicated. I know, it's one of my favorite things in my whole entire life. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was fun to get to dedicate that to you. That was it, it, I remember getting so it, I cried. Yeah, oh, I loved cool. it. So where did the activity book idea come from? Um, So so like I said, I've always known that the, the influencer thing had a, a finite there was a time limit and it was coming. And that was a big point of contention in my marriage, actually, because, uh, you know, I was making really tons of money and like just doing cool stuff all the time. And it, and it was very cool when it was cool. It was great. He doesn't want to paid to like the city of New Orleans paid me to like go to New Orleans and like Mm -hmm. awesome. like, of course, like who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. But I was just like there, this, this is lovely and it is not sustainable. And, um, so I decided to focus on things that felt like a little less me and a little more evergreen. And, um, mm-hmm. and so Aaron and I came up with the idea for the big fat activity book for pregnant people. And it just did really well and continues to do. Yeah, it does. Really well, which is, which is, oh yeah. Which is so exciting. But then again, um, I, I was going to say like my first start that's happening now is that like, there were these books, but and I love writing them and they're, they're so fun to write, but you do at a certain point go into sort of autopilot because it's yeah. a series, right? It's like, I know what happens next. Right. I can just, I know what this is. And, 
I really felt, I would say a year ago, I had a, a, like a, a breakdown and it was like, I think I'm done. Like, I don't know what else to do, mm. you know? And, and I've set myself up in this, like I have bills to pay and I have children and I'm divorced. So it's like, I, there's no partner to fall back on, mm -hmm. but I don't have anything else to like give to the world. Mm -hmm. so just, just... So, it's so interesting though, Jordan, because like to take it back, where did you go to college? Harvard. Yeah. So you're, you're a very, you're one of the smartest people that I've ever worked with. I'm going to be honest. And I think that you true, cause you, you really are, you're, you're a very intelligent person, but I think that for somebody like you and I feel this a little bit too it's like we work really really hard for a long time and we have these like general things we can do right you can do kind of do marketing you can kind of do influencer stuff you can kind of just but then like how do you make money from all of that right so it's like where does that actually lead you and I we, I talked I have a lot of ex-influencer friends right now mm -hmm. and all of them are in the same boat they're like how do I make money what's my job and it's yeah. like how do I quantify like you said how do I quantify right. this <clears throat> right yeah I don't know either I I'm in the same boat well, so that, that's what I mean about this, like mother reinvention thing. Like, um, it, it, it's like, okay, I guess I'll reinvent ag again because the, the, there is no other option. Um, but it is fresh. I mean, that our parents don't understand this experience. Like yeah. they had jobs and then they went through the job cycle and, and mm -hmm. we just, our whole generation, it feels like we have to constantly reinvent, constantly yeah. pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and go like, oh, all right, fine fuck you universe. Like what yeah. now? Yeah. Um, so, so that was like a little, uh, you know, they say the dark night of the soul. I just, um, I guess I didn't realize that I've been suffering from depression my whole life in mm. addition to anxiety. Um, and it, it, like, couldn't get out of bed, like the, the whole, like just full collapse. And I realized that the problem was that I, was creating all this chaos in my life and constantly reinventing and constantly doing this in order to distract from yeah. like the, you know, <laughs> frankly, the spiritual inside. Yeah. 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 And so like, that's why I move a lot. Like when we got divorced, I did a, I am not proud of what I did. I basically like panicked, packed up the kids and moved. And that wasn't the right thing to do. And so I've had, I've spent the past year doing a lot of therapy and sort of re-examining the choices that I see now were made out of that survival instinct. Mm -hmm. And that felt very rational at the time, but it's like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And you're then yeah. you have to confront the ways that you have fucked up, you know? Yeah. And that is, that is a hard pill to swallow. Um, so I guess the past year has been a lot about um, therapy, but also um, I started screenwriting, which is just in what? Like that came out of nowhere. And well, it didn't, it didn't. Like, I mean, <laughs> you have a history of writing for television. Yes. So it of. didn't. Yes, <laughs> no, you do. You do have a history of writing for television. I'm going to put that on you. Um, like, and so it did come out of nowhere, but also like you've also, you didn't mention the, the memoir that you wrote too? 
Uh, I've written yes, but see, that's another thing. I'm like, yeah, I wrote two memoirs. I'm mortified. I can't I'm the same way. Mortified. <laughs> I was, I was telling. I was with a friend, and he was telling somebody that I was on a reality TV show. He was like, yeah, she was on a reality TV show. And I was like, don't say that. It sounds like I'm a liar. And he goes, I was saying it. You're not even telling people. I'm telling people about you. I was like, I know. It just doesn't sound right. It sounds weird. <laughs> I so I very much get it. I mean, but you've so been a you writer do. forever, right? You've written yeah. forever. You've literally yeah. written that's for your job. I mean, but it doesn't feel like that. But also for television, for a show that got picked up and is a very popular television show. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I'd like it. Screen, you're right. Screenwriting isn't out of left field, but it felt like it. And it and it's yeah. so, so I met someone um, on Raya, uh-huh, which is a dating, mm-hmm. a fancy dating mm-hmm. app out in yep. L.A., and we went on a couple of dates and I was like, we just were, we just liked each other so much. And then he was like, do you want to try writing something together? And I was like, yes. And then we decided never to date again and to just be like best friends and writing partners, which is just such a fun way to like. Yeah, <laughs> be with somebody. It's yeah. a different kind of very serious relationship is what it it's is. Very serious. And, and we, we like actually were like, Yes, you're like a single guy, and yes, I'm a single woman. That's off the table because yeah. it's so important. Yeah, it's so special to find someone that you can connect with, yeah. and really like symbiotically write with. Like finding a, a writing partner has been with Aaron, and now with with uh, my writing partner now has been uh, like wow, that's a stroke of luck. Yeah, to find those people that you can really work with. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, and then feeling that creativity again is like a, it's the most powerful drug. Yes. Uh, and it was, it's just so exciting and it's so fun. And it's like, who even knew a year ago laying in bed thinking literally like, I guess my career is over and I'm in maintenance mode now Yeah. yeah. that like, there'd be this whole new chapter. And that's, you know, it gives me hope for like, yeah, everything. Yeah. 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 It's so hard when you're creative too, because like, I don't know, I've never been a lawyer, but I imagine you go into your office and you do your job and you're told what to do. And there's lists, you know, it, is this legal? Okay. Let me look at the documents when you are creative or when you're building your own company or, you know, doing what any of the three mm-hmm. of us do. I think about it sometimes. I'm like, I am so tired for next week. Like I'm so an advanced tired. I don't have, I mean, Olivia and I are both sort of finding our way out of burnout right now. And it's like, I don't have anything like you, like you said, I don't have anything left to give. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do today. And then sometimes something falls into my lap where it's like, Hey, Livia will be like, Hey, can you set up this workflow and do this thing? I'm like, yes, because I know what that is. And I know when it's done and I understand the steps. And it's very hard when you're a creative person. It is. And, and when I say like, I thought that my career was in maintenance mode now, it's, it was like, yes, like all I wanted to do was be handed a task, complete mm-hmm. the task. And then that's it. Yeah. And I was like, that's all I want to do for the rest of my life. I like, mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't have to, you know, reimagine my career well, in life. That makes sense though, Jordan, because yeah. for, for over 10 years, right. Your job, like you said, was to take your life and turn it into an experience for other people. 
right? So mm-hmm. you had to curate. And then we also encountered things like, you know, where different agencies would tell you, well, now your Instagram feed has to be all white. So everything yeah. you post, right, it has to be white. And now it has to be all dark. And now it has to be pink and whatever it is, right? And in the meantime, every time we would get a pitch for you or whatever, we were like, how can we make this work? And how is it is your audience going to like this? And is there yeah. enough data coming in? All these things. So not only were you burnt out on career and creativity, but that was your life that you were showing off in all these different venues. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I, I think the repercussions of like this whole, like, and we're, I'm old for this. I'm saying this generation, meaning yeah. like all the kids, the kids you're doing it now. Yeah. The repercussions, uh, mental health repercussions of doing that for yeah. 10 years are, I'm starting to see them now. Yeah. And holy crap, like it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of dark, like mm-hmm. helping these kids unpack perform, like performing the performance of self as, yeah. as a job is like so deeply screwed up. And like, um, you know, like bringing your, your friends and family in as like supporting characters. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about how, what my, what my husband had to deal with mm-hmm. and, and it was exciting for him too. Like it was a fun time, but he was like a supporting character in another mm-hmm. person's story that was shown publicly. And that is not, I guess that's not a thing I find acceptable to do anymore. Yeah. Or I, I guess, see. you know, I, I do like, I'll write, uh, I've always tried to write from my perspective. Like if, yeah. if I'm yeah. right, I'm not putting words in <laughs> other people's mouths yeah. and stuff like that, but it feels uncomfortable for me to do what I used to do, go to a party and I'm photographing the food and my friends are in the photographs because I have to mm-hmm. sell mm-hmm. a set of dishes. Dole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think about all the stuff that you went through on Ram Chuckle Lamb too. Like I, you know, the, the, the pregnancies, right. That topic pregnancy, the divorce, like all of that, that you had to like live very publicly for a large audience of people and a lot of them who were dedicated to not liking you and like to live all of those things publicly like it's just I don't like you said the mental health repercussions are just starting to be seen and also Mm -hmm. like you said like the explanation of like why you did those things are you're just starting to tease out so like it's I I think you're right I think we don't know what it's going to look like and I, I think about this all the time when I see other people that have like, you know, 15,000 followers or more on their personal accounts. I'm like, I never want to have to think that closely about what I post on Instagram. Like you have to think even still now, right? Like you, you've scaled back so much mm-hmm. and still it's like, you still have that big following. You still have all those people that are looking and a lot of them that have made a choice to be dedicated to not liking you. Well, I, I think that like I, I met, I feel such peace about yeah. people not liking me <laughs> because I, I genuinely understand um, it's a projection because yeah. I, when I was getting divorced, I had to, Olivia, when you were helping manage my accounts, you followed all these like uh, lovely young moms with families mm-hmm. and I was like, can't. And I had to unfollow all of it because, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I was like, I don't want to see yeah. the gorgeous family and the matching onesies around the Christmas yeah. tree because I hate you. Yeah. And, I, and I felt like rage towards these lovely young women. Yeah. And I remember I was telling Aaron, my co-author Aaron about this. She was like, I'm sorry, you're, that's you. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm 
open and relatable. Perfectly yeah. imperfect. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like, no, like you've been doing this yeah. to other people for 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, there are such beautiful things that come from it. Like, like writing about the ectopic pregnancy, that's something I feel very good about because yeah. I, I've mm-hmm. seen it have, um, concrete repercussions yeah. on my other women's lives in like a, in like a really tangible way. Uh, but so that kind of sharing feels really good, but, but it like, it feels like it necessitates the, the other side too, in order to right. get balls on the stuff that's important. Yeah. It's like, you also have to perform this, like what aspirational BS that yeah. makes other people feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. I remember when you would go away occasionally, like on your diving trips and stuff, and you would have no service. And so I would manage the account and people would, we would get so many DMs from people. Like anytime we would post anything, right? Like, where is she? What's she doing? Who's she with? Is she with her her new boyfriend? And it's like, you're with your father, right? You were like away with your dad, right? And it's like, you know, these parasocial relationships are fascinating to me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and like, especially now, you know, with everybody has a brand, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't not have a brand. So what do you do with your children? Like, how do you approach that? Cause your kids are a little older than mine. Like, how do you approach kind of the influencer thing or the brand thing? Or like, have they ever been interested in like having like their own personal brand? Um, so like I said, when, when I first had my kids, the internet was a very different place. And I drew mm-hmm. a lot of attention because they're like now, yes, like you said, everyone has a brand. Like, yeah. every, like there's a lot mm-hmm. of places for people to disperse their dislike onto. Yes. And, and yeah. I, when I had my kids, not, there, yeah. weren't there weren't. No. 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 Twenty. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it, I remember feeling physically attacked, like um, very frightened mm-hmm. for for my kids. Not in like someone's going to come kill me way, but in like it. it what people said on the internet at that time felt so real and so important that I was like, people are making fun of my baby's appearance because he looks like a baby. And I was like picturing him at, you know, 15, reading that and being just destroyed by, you know, and and so, and that's, that's not the case, of course, like, but at the time, that's really how it felt. So I, I started talking to them about it as soon as they could like speak. Like I was very clear always like I'm taking photos for work now versus like, we're just out with family. Cause mm-hmm. I, and as they got older, it became more and more important to separate those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not do a very good job of that. I would say until we got divorced. Mm-hmm. And at that point it became like, you know what? My kids are not, I can't responsibly talk about them when this is something that they're going to have to deal with like later in life and deal with whatever their emotions about the divorce are. And yeah, but so we talk about, we talk about all this stuff a lot. Like they understand the internet tells lies. (laughs) They understand like how capitalism factors in and like, why, you know, how, how people support like, and Mm -hmm. I, I've been saying you support the writing. I support for years, supported the writing I'd love to do with yeah. Right. About how I use a, a skin cream or whatever. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So really get it in a very fundamental way. Um, my son wanted a YouTube, he, he's like streaming and mm. stuff. And so my, my ex and I are like, so hyper vigilant. Yeah. 
yeah you know and and mostly about whether he cares about likes or clicks or followers yeah and he's like mom I really don't care I just like streaming and I'm like good make sure you stay not caring because it doesn't matter no and like that that brings up the question I had before was how did that impact like your your self-worth right to like be on especially Instagram right and you're like I have to get a certain amount of likes and clicks and follows and we're checking all the data like did that get very wrapped up in your head for you you mean like self-worth like with your self-worth like like, self-worth like image and stuff yeah yeah um yeah I mean I think that the like knee jerk like I don't I don't like having my photo taken which is so funny because you were the product I I mean right like you were you were the product for many years like you we were like selling you right so like how does that impact why who cares like it blows my mind (laughs) yeah I (laughs) I mean how to make brownies my way why (laughs) (laughs) I mean see this is the movie you should write Jordan about the ex-influencer who, who wakes up it's like an overboard but it's like over instagram <laughs> that's fun you might have to cut that part to just preserve it yeah <laughs> yeah well i have my <laughs> so what's what's coming up for you so you have the screenwriting and like that's like your fresh start like writing wise like what else like what do you want from the next phase of your life um for the very first time in my life i want to stay still Um, because I'm realizing that all of the external things that I was grasping for and like holding onto with tenter hooks, like desperate to keep these, like I live in Malibu right now. There is no reason for me to live in Malibu. It is so expensive. It is so dumb. Um, and I, I see now that I moved here because of like, I'm a single mom and like, I was scared and it felt like a zip code could say to me, like, you're fine. Mm. Your kids are fine. You, you got it. And Mm -hmm. I just see very clearly now that I was moving and moving and moving and moving in search of a place that felt like home when, because I didn't feel at home anyway. Yeah. And so that's, that's been a real effort, like finding that, um, just stop, just stop moving. Just, just, and I do, and I do mean physically as well as like, just, you know, uh, so that's what I want. What I want is peace. And, um, I have these beautiful relationships, like my writing partner, my ex-husband and I are wonderful friends, his new partner, she's great. Uh, you know, those are the things that matter, you know, and and I just, I just didn't get it. I just thought the most important thing was to like, be right. Um, like just clinging on to any Mm -hmm. semblance of success. And I just didn't understand that it has to be inside you. Do you think that the depression played into that? Yes. Yeah. Because, because I'm, I'm laying on my bed thinking like I, I'm, I'm living in my, in Malibu and like, I, I did it. I bought my little apartment and I'm looking at the sunshine and nothing, nothing felt good. I couldn't yeah. think of one single thing that sounded like a banana split. No, thanks. I love banana split. You know, mm-hmm. like nothing. Yeah. And that was a real reckoning. Like, oh, I, I have the technical things I thought I wanted, you know, I'm, 
I always thought, oh, if I could publish a book one day, then I'll be happy. I did a lot right. of them. It doesn't make, it doesn't, it doesn't, right. you know, it doesn't do it. Yeah. So well, how did you um, kind of like step out of the darkness? Like, you know, you had therapy. What, is there anything else that you did kind of to start healing yourself? Yes. I, I started apologizing and I started taking a very hard look at my role in uh, problems that have occurred mm -hmm. my role in the chaos, because it always felt like everything was happening to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just reacting to this is so much stuff. Like people, my friends would be like, of course you're a blogger, like birds land on your head when you're like walking out in the world, which is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but there's an extent to which you absorb, like create that chaos. And I, and mm -hmm. I did, I did that. You put the bird seat on your head is what Basically. you're saying. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> did you have any like lifestyle changes that you made during this time to kind of start because you look beautiful like you're always beautiful but you look healthy like you look very healthy in a way that I you know I think I've never truly seen you an look. inner glow kind yeah. of situation yeah seriously yeah that's amazing I feel uh turning 40 was like kind of like I don't do the things I used to do like I used to get my eyelashes done mm -hmm. and so now it's just like me um <laughs> But yeah, no. So I, the lifestyle changes, I stopped drinking for about a year mm. starting uh, right around the time that I was depressed. And that mm. kind of provided, uh, it, it was huge. It was really huge in terms mm. of like what's kind of space you have open up for, for consideration of like the, I guess when you're operating that survival mode and that chaos, it's like you can't open yourself up to seeing that the the problem between you and another person, like the truth is somewhere in the middle. Like I'm mad at you because of this, and they're mad at you because of this. Yeah. And almost always it yeah. seems the yeah. answer is just in the middle. And and giving myself the space to not have like crutches, like, well, I'm just going to have a glass of wine and, and not think about it. Um, it was really important to me to, to have that, that clarity that mm -hmm. I, I, and because drinking, um, moving houses, dating, those were all things I was using to create chaos. Yeah. Um, I don't date anymore, really. Yeah. That's, that's been big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, we just talked to somebody yesterday who is a recovering alcoholic and he was basically saying that like the, what AA allowed for him was that it was like, can I just make it through these, through this hour? Can I make it to two hours? Can I make it through three hours? And he had to sit with that, you know, while he wanted alcohol. And I was thinking last night that like so much of why you drink is because you don't want to sit with any of those feelings, right? So much of why you do insert whatever coping mechanism is, right? Is because you don't want to sit with, I'm uncomfortable, I'm worried, I'm whatever it is. And so mm -hmm. you you have all these coping mechanisms, the dating, the drinking, the moving, just to avoid sitting and, and not having that stillness. Correct. That has been yeah. the hugest uh, game changer for, yeah. for me. Um, I imagine. Because yes, like, let, like letting go of the crutch of alcohol showed me that the many ways in which I was like, like I said, like the dating, like the, the must, must find new partner in order yeah. to check that box because, 
otherwise am not enough in self mm-hmm. um, and ta- and taking that away is mm-hmm. so important. Like I, it, mm-hmm. like no man is going to save me. No, <laughs> no, no one's coming. No, no person, no one's coming. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And there's, and that's very empowering to realize mm-hmm. and to own. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how has your creativity blossomed since you've gone through all these fresh starts? Um, like I said, I guess I kind of thought the creativity was gone. Um, I'm like writing horror movies. I love it. Oh, I know. And I think something about genre, genre writing, like for horror, um, mm. it's really, it's really good for people with anxiety. Did you know that? Mm. that, no, that horror, like a lot of the reason that people, some people hate horror, some people love it. And it's, they find that people with high levels of anxiety can be very attracted to horror as a genre. Mm. Because of that, like, so you're watching someone get killed on screen and you are activated, but you are safe Mm. and it's, and you're able to like totally hyper-focus on your experience watching this Mm -hmm. thing and it takes you out of your body and out of your own anxiety. Who knew? That's so interesting. Well, we're so excited to see everything that you're writing and doing and, Mm -hmm. um, and all the activity books and everything, which we'll link to. So Jordan, if somebody is going through a fresh start in life, what would be some general wise words you could impart to them? Uh, this will sound very cheesy and I apologize, but you know, the Billy Joel song, Vienna. Yes. My favorite. It plays. I, I keep it in a little tape deck in my head so I can play it and it's um, slow down. You're doing fine. You can't be everything you want to be before your time. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's making yeah. me cry to hear the lyrics. <laughs> I know. And, and I keep that, I keep that tucked away so I can, I can call on it and remember that I don't have to put out every fire all at once. I can yeah. just breathe. Mm. And he says, don't you know that only fools are satisfied, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. always more. It's always more. Listen, right? you can take the girl out of New York, but you can't take the New York out of the girl. <laughs> so Billy Joel's Joel. always going <laughs> to. I can't believe I just quoted Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tag him. Um, yeah. So Jordan, last question. And I'm actually very curious to hear your answer. What was the last thing that you ate and truly loved? Uh, I just got back from Mexico with my kids and I was feeling very badass about this whole thing. Like we didn't have a fancy vacation. We just like had adventures and I was like, yeah. And we went out on a a little fishing boat that was very rickety. It was definitely not the safest thing I've ever done. And we caught, I'm sorry, if you hear that, that's my dog. Stop. (laughs) He listened. (laughs) He did. Um, And we caught these huge fish. Like I've never caught fish. Mm. that aren't like little you know flippy Mm -hmm. things for and we I wasn't going to take them home I was going to give them to the guys on a boat and we did but I took one one of them home Mm -hmm. and I cooked it in our Airbnb like I just went to the market and got like garlic and and capers and butter and I cooked this fish that we had just caught and you guys it was so good I've never I've never had and and uh, it was just and it was a cool experience to share with the kids. Yeah, it was it, what it cost like two dollars this whole meal, and it was just yeah. very. Well, special. that's like the most ramshackle glam meal that I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, I I did I was watching the trip with the kids in Mexico, and I was thinking like, 
what an amazing thing for your kids to see, like for you taking them on vacation. And like you said, it wasn't a fancy vacation. It was like, you know, you went down to Mexico, like it wasn't a resort. I just think, I don't know. Every time I see a woman choose herself and, you know, leave her marriage and show her children what life can be, I'm thrilled because it's such a beautiful thing. You have a daughter and for her to know that like a woman, you know, you don't have to stay, you don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be bad to not be good. Like you can go and you can find happiness, you can find joy and you can be badass and take your kids on really beautiful, you know, looking vacations with delicious, fresh fish. Like that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Jordan, we're just, I'm so proud of you. Like I can see the growth that you've had and your stillness. And I'm just super excited to really like watch you in the next phase of your life and just enjoy and soak up everything. So as always, we adore you and we love you. And thank you for chatting with us today. I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's story. We're always here and we're proud of you. A Fresh Story is produced by Fresh Starts Registry, the first and only platform for everything you need to begin again. You can read the show notes and learn more about today's episode at afreshstory.com. As always, we want to remind our listeners that while we strive to provide accurate and helpful information, we are not medical doctors or mental health professionals. We want to remind you all that the information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for professional advice. We highly recommend consulting a qualified healthcare or mental health professional for any concerns or questions you may have. Remember, we are a podcast, but we are not licensed medical professionals. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any medical decisions. And as a gentle reminder, all opinions are our guests and do not necessarily reflect our own.